Hey, podcast listeners, want some news you can use? Stop by the 10 News Studio and join hosts Ryan Willard and Pamela Kirkland every Wednesday. The 10 News team covers everything from Ukraine and the Supreme Court to Minecraft and Pokemon, all in a bite-sized podcast for kids and their adults. Awesome guests like Lego Masters Judge Amy Corbett, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and the voice of Pokemon's Ash Ketchum are guaranteed to swing by. Make the 10 News part of your family routine, just like us, to connect, explore, and learn something new. Listen to the 10 News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Children's Book Podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and a fan of kids. And today, I want to introduce you to a podcast where middle grade readers talk about books and to a friend of mine named Kitty. She's a journalist, podcaster, reader, and of course, a fan of kids too. The Book Club for Kids is the place where young readers meet to talk about books. The show includes a celebrity reader and an interview with the author. The host is award-winning public radio journalist Kitty Feldy. Book Club won the California Library Association Technology Award and the D.C. Mayor's Award for Excellence in the Humanities. And get this, this podcast was named one of the top 10 podcasts for kids by the Times of London. The episode we're sharing today is with author and Prince Honor winner Lisa Phipps. She wrote an exceptional novel in verse called Starfish. If you've been listening to the pod this week, you heard her read a poem from Starfish called Lucky Dog. Well, if you're new to the book club for kids, you are in for a treat. Let's not waste another minute. Enjoy, and don't forget to follow or subscribe to the book club for kids wherever you get your podcasts. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids podcast. Hi, I'm Kitty Feldy. This week we tackle a novel in verse about a young girl trying to cope with body shaming. Some girls my age fill diaries with dreams and private thoughts. Mine has a list of fat girl rules. That's our celebrity reader, comedian and public radio personality, Ophira Eisenberg. The book is Starfish by Lisa Phibbs. Our readers from Columbia Heights Educational Campus in Washington, D.C. say they know why kids bully other kids. Because people have issues and they're insecure and they need to find something to project their issues onto. So they use people that they think are weaker than them or lesser than them to project their issues onto them. And writer Lisa Phipps denies all rumors that she just sits down and whips out a perfect manuscript every single time. Do I have to keep starting over? Of course. <laughs> this is the Book Club for Kids, the show where kids talk about books. We'll tell you how you can be on the show a little later on, but first, let's meet our readers. Hello, my name is Aliun. Hello, my name is Egypt. My name is Guire. My name is Jefferson, and we're all six and eighth graders from Columbia Heights Educational Campus in Washington, D.C. 
The book is Starfish. What is it about? It's about this girl named Ellie. She's been going to the therapist because her mom recommended it for her because she's been talking about her weight. And so her mom took her to this therapist so she could, like, talk about how she feels about how her mom's been, like, netting her about eating too much food, eating healthy and stuff. Why is this book called Starfish? This book is called Starfish because in one of one of the chapters, Ellie talked about how she wished like she could go into the pool and just like become a starfish and that way all her problems could go away. Well, let's hear a series of short poems from the book. Our celebrity reader should be a familiar voice to public radio fans from The Moth and Ask Me Another. Here is comedian Ophira Eisenberg. Fat Girl Rules Some girls my age fill diaries with dreams and private thoughts. Mine has a list of fat girl rules. You find out what these unspoken rules are when you break them and suffer the consequences. Fat Girl Rules I learned at five. No cannonballs. No splashing. No making waves. You don't deserve to be seen or heard, to take up room, to be noticed. Make yourself small. What, why, who, how, when. The first fat girl rule you learn hurts the most. A startling, scorpion-stinging soul slap. Something's changed, but you don't know what. You replay the moment in your mind from every possible angle, trying to understand why. Why the rules exist and who? Who came up with them? And how? How does anyone have the right to tell you how to live just because of your weight? Mostly you remember the smack of the change. One minute you were like everybody else, playing around, enjoying life, and then with the flip of an unseen cosmic switch, you're the fat girl, stumbling, trying to regain your balance, Acting as if you know what you're doing, like when you used to play dress-up and tried to walk in high-heeled shoes. The Gift Every time I see a pudgy preschooler, I want to hand her my list, like the answer sheet for a test, to spare her the pain of learning the rules firsthand. But instead, I give each girl the gift of more days, weeks, and months of a normal life, whatever that is. She had another nickname before she adopted Starfish. Splash. Why? Her sister had made fun of her on her fifth birthday, I think. It was her birthday, and she jumped into the pool, and she splashed everybody. And her sister just started chanting, splash, splash. So how would we describe Elena Elizabeth, otherwise known as Starfish Slash Splash? No offense, no offense. <laughs> she looks like big-bodied, I'm going to say big-bodied, a big-bodied girl. And how does that affect her um, life in school? It made her, in one way, like depressed and anxious, and another way, it made her just like a fireball. Because of all the anger she has, she kind of just turned into a fireball. Of course, nobody would ever make fun of anybody at this school ever, right? Um, no. 
I totally disagree with that. There are like a hundred people who make fun of me every day about how I look, how I dress, how, like how my hair is. Like it's very disrespectful. I agree because that, that that that's a lie. Total lie. Because there are people in this school who will do anything to get under your skin, and they 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 will torture you, they will bully you, they will disrespect you regardless of what you do. They will cuss, they will say anything, no offense, but they will cuss, they will say the F word, they will say the B word, they will say you big, mm-hmm. I agree, even if, like... There's not one school that has no that has no bullies. There's not one school that has no bullies. Why do you think people are so mean to other people? Because people have issues and they're insecure and they need to find something to project their issues onto. So they use people that they think are weaker than them or lesser than them to project their issues onto them. They take their anger out on people. They use like what they have inside and like blaming on other people like say like they got into a fight and they broke this locker or the girls like the bathroom like door or something they will put it on some innocent person and then just put it on them but they wouldn't believe them because they're like this person like they wouldn't do anything they would start bullying other kids because they have some family problems or some maybe some money economic problems Maybe they're behind on rent, and then they just take out their anger on other people because it just, for them, it makes them feel better for some reason. How does Ellie combat that kind of bullying? She went to a therapist. She's been bullied by these girls named Courtney and Marissa because of how big and bold she is about the clothes she wear. Like, one time in the book, they took her clothes while she was in the shower, like the girl's shower, and she couldn't find them, and they were stretching it out. And, like, Marissa was like, look, Courtney, we could, like, two or three people could fit in this shirt. Well, how did she combat that? How did she change the culture of the school or herself or anything else? She got more confident, and then she fought, fought back. The therapist told her to fight her own battles without hitting or touching the other person. But the therapist, I think she mentioned one time that she has to build up confidence in her own self. That way she could strike back against the people that are making her feel bad about herself. Well, and Ellie found she had a, a, a gift of her own that she really wasn't using. Poetry. She'd use poetry, she'd write in her diary and stuff, she'd write books. What's your secret talent that maybe no one's discovered yet? Singing. I sang like a, a con- like a concert like last week, but my actual secret talent is dancing. I just don't like dancing in front of people, not even my own family, because I feel like embarrassed or like shy. My talent is also singing, but I don't sing Bruno Mars. I sing any kind of music, opera, rock music, ballet kind of music, acapella. I can play bass, drum set, the Congo, and um, a traditional African drum. And I'm learning piano and guitar. Starfish is written in verse. How does that work for you? The way it's structured is like a free write. But I feel like the way it's formatted, at times it looks really weird when you try to read it. It worked for me because I felt like everything was super organized for, like, if something happened, like, the previous one, it would just say, like, sometimes it would say her thoughts or so instead of, like, continuing. For example, there was one with her, ter- with her therapist. Um, she was 
talking about how the dog was going to comfort her, that way she could talk freely to the therapist. But then we got into her thoughts in the next one, and then we continued. It was kind of so weird for me, because I, like, I literally closed the book, because I was just like, why is it written like this? But then I asked Miss like, Falkenberg, why is it written like that? She's like, because she's a poet. I was like, oh, because it was so weird. I started reading, and then, like, it wasn't about how it was, like, formatted or anything. It was about what, like, they said in each sentence and each page. As I kept turning, there was, like, like something different about each, like, scenario. I like this book because I feel like a lot of people could relate to this book. And, like, I know someone that I'm really friends with. She also got body shamed by her own family, she said. But instead of being fat, they called her too skinny. And they talked about how she she should have ate more. But then her family would be like, oh, my God, stop eating. You're getting too fat. So, like, they can't decide what they want. And I would recommend this book for that person. Okay, as an overweight person myself, I, I have more opinions. This is this is opinion time. I feel, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that this isn't, gonna be the like say all for people's experiences especially for like much bigger people not everyone's being told that oh especially children not all children majority of children aren't being told that they need to like have surgery or like exercise work out or like make themselves look better i feel like the point of the book was mainly like be learn how to be comfortable with yourself i feel like it should have illustrated more of the challenges that it takes to become comfortable with yourself if you were to write this book, if this was in your voice, what would you do different? How, like, trying to find acceptance in yourself, how to deal with all, the, like, the anxiety, the depression, not wanting to get out of bed because you know everything's going to be horrible, how how to cope and deal with these things in a way that all, like, most people would have more access to. I love the book, and if I would recommend it to somebody, I'd recommend it to my friend because they tend to, like, especially the sixth grade ones, tend to bully people because of their weight and how, like, what they wear every day, what their shoes are. Like, say if you have a hole in your shoes or in your pants, they make fun of it when it could happen to them. And it's very disrespectful because the point of the book was just to, like, feel free with yourself, be yourself. Like, don't let anybody tell you what to do. Like, you're your own person. You guys got some questions for our writer, Lisa Phipps? How did you, like, design this book? Why did you design this book? Like, is it about, like, you? Is it because, like, you could have went through this and you just wanted to show the world that this is, like, real, this is what happens, this could happen to you? Starfish is about me. And so how I describe Starfish is that I used my emotions and my experience to help tell Ellie's story. She's very much like me, but yes. Why did you format the book the way it's formatted? I wrote Starfish as a novel in verse because that's how Ellie came to me. She told me her story through poetry. Uh, So I always let characters decide how they're going to come to me, and she came to me in novel in verse form. What was your writing process? So my writing process is I get little video clips in my head. If you think of a Marvel movie trailer where you see the Hulk 
and you see Loki and you can tell these two are not going to get along. Um, and so a little, you get like a snippet of what's going on in the story to help draw you into the story and, and make you start asking questions about the Hulk and Loki, right? So I get little video clips in my head and that's when they, the characters kind of start speaking to me through these little video clips in my head. And I always thought it was a little weird. So I, uh, I actually shared that one time because, you know, I was kind of embarrassed to say it because it seems a little weird, maybe. But I found that other authors do that as well. And as a matter of fact, Linda Mullally Hunt, for, who wrote Fish in a Tree, sees little video clips in her head. And that's where she kind of gets started, too. Fish in a Tree is one of our Book Club for Kids episodes, and we'll have a link at the website, bookclubforkids.org. Got some more questions for our author? When you're writing, how do you, like, do you mess up and you have to keep on restarting and restarting and restarting? Do I have to keep starting over? Of course. <laughs> so how I do, especially if I'm writing a novel in verse, is I do not write it in chronological order. I sit down and I write, because a poem, ha I've seen a scene in my head, and I turn it into a poem. And the next scene I see, I turn it into a poem. And then after I get a good collection of poems together, I start figuring out, okay, now which one goes first and which one goes second, and try to order them. And then sometimes I'm like, eh, wait a minute. I really think this one needs to be first. And you know what? I'm going to even delete that first one. So it's, it's, there's a lot of starting over and moving around. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any suggestions for when you get writer's block? You know, I, I don't struggle with writer's block as much as most people. And only for one reason, not because I'm special or good. <laughs> it's that I was a journalist for a very long time. And when you're in journalism and you are on a very tight deadline, you don't have the luxury of having writer's block. You just have to get that story written right then because they're waiting for it so they can print the entire newspaper. And so it has always forced me to get in writer's mode and get going even when, um, you know, it might not be right there in my head. I'll figure it out. All right, so now we come to the part of the show where we ask the hard question. Not hardest to everybody, I understand, but most people have a hard time with this question. What is your favorite book and why do you love it? Ghost Boys, because it's very interesting and it's about a boy who got shot and then he, be, he turned into a ghost. It's just like interesting, like exciting to me. My favorite book is the Mari and the Night Brothers because it's very exciting, um, and I love magicians. It merely measures to this boy that's been like acting weird. Last night at the Telegraph Club because representation. It was it was well written. It goes back into history of like like queer rights and you know stuff like that. And then Red, White, and Whole because I felt represented in that one because. As a Latina, I do find myself trying to, you know, figure out, like, how to present myself in certain situations and how to, like, be myself. My favorite book is called Refugee by Alan Gratz. Which, by the way, is another Book Club for Kids episode, and we'll have a link to that on our website, bookclubforkids.org. Why do you love that book? It's partly 
fiction and partly nonfiction. I like this book because it represents the hard journey that refugees from other places have to go through just to get to a safer place because of for war or like natural disasters or or like maybe economic problems. What about you, Lisa Phipps? What's your favorite book? My favorite book. I read as a child. It was a hand-me-down book. I have no idea who originally had it, but it's called I Walk to the Park. And why I love that book so much is because my mother, my father died when I was 13 months old. So I grew up without a dad. And my mother was terrified of driving because she just learned how to drive at age 35 before my father died. So she never, we never went anywhere. And this little book, though, this in this little book, this little boy, he walks through the streets of New York City to go sail his boat in a fountain in um, Central Park. And so I got to see what New York City looked like. It opened the world and it made me realize I want to I want to get to know all the kinds of people on the whole planet. And I want to see everywhere people live. And it just ignited in me wanting to learn more about the entire world. So that's why it's important to me. Got a favorite book of Vera Eisenberg? It's called Peace by Chocolate by John Tatry. The first thing I love about this book is that it was a gift from a friend of mine that I've known since the third grade. So it feels very special and handpicked by someone who knows me quite well. It is a true story, which I also love, about a family in Canada. I am originally from Canada, so I find that cool. And it is the most inspiring story. Beautifully written. This is about a family who left Syria during the Civil War and immigrated to Canada. So the the family was living in Syria. They had a chocolate factory in Damascus until the war broke out and the factory was destroyed and the family was forced to flee the country. So they lived as refugees uh, in, in limbo for many years until they finally immigrated to Canada to Antigonish, Nova Scotia. And all of that struggle and challenge, as you can imagine, or maybe you can imagine, of just being in a new place, completely unfamiliar, having to start with nothing. And they do to support and a bit of a loan from their new Canadian friends were able to restart their chocolate making business in Canada. And their chocolate company is called Peace by Chocolate. We'll have a list of everybody's favorite books at our website, bookclubforkids.org. And if you have a favorite book, you can be on the Book Club for Kids podcast, too. Just record yourself on your smartphone, telling us your first name, the city where you live, the name of your favorite book, and why you love it. And email the voice memo to us at kitty at bookclubforkids.org. That's K-I-T-T-Y at bookclubforkids.org. Love to hear from you. Oh, and you know, you can always send us a picture of yourself and your favorite book. Thanks this week to producer Chad Francis. Brandon Baker composed our theme with additional music from Andrew Walton. Emma Steinkellner designed our logo. Thanks to our writer, Lisa Phipps, and our celebrity reader, Ophira Eisenberg. And thanks to our readers this week, Aliyun, Egypt, Guire, and Jefferson, and their librarian, Angela Falkenberg, at Columbia Heights Educational Campus in Washington, D.C. 
We have a free newsletter for teachers, parents, and librarians full of free tips about how do you turn a kid into a lifelong reader. It comes out every other week, and you can sign up at our website, bookclubforkids.org. And please do tell a teacher or a librarian about the Book Club for Kids podcast. It's a terrific alternative to screen time, and it's an opportunity for their young students to become podcast stars. And by the way, the makers of Book Club for Kids have created a very different kind of podcast. It's a mystery story about the 10-year-old daughter of a congressman who solves mysteries on Capitol Hill and teaches civics along the way. It's called The Fina Mendoza Mysteries, and it's available now for free wherever you listen to podcasts with a free teacher's guide and facts behind the fiction. I'm Kitty Feldy. Thanks again for listening.